Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. Hey, uh, we are in this series, if you didn't realize it, called At the Movies, and I know we have some people within our congregation that absolutely love movies, and uh, I'm one of them, yeah, so I get to pick it, so there you go. Um, who has seen this movie? Any? Okay, quite a few of you, and uh, yeah, I heard it, so as soon as I started the trailer, I heard somebody in the congregation be like, yeah, so somebody likes this. Now, some of you today, you're going to have to bear with me, because I know not everybody is a sci-fi Lover, And I have to say, out of all sci-fi movies that I've seen, this one is kind of like the least sci-fi-ish sci-fi movie that I've ever seen. Who, is there anyone here that like just loves sci-fi movies? Any, any, there are a few of you. We're in good company, the three of us. So um, I, here's the deal. This whole movie, just to give you a little bit of a recap, because some of you here will never see it, is this. Within this movie, what takes place is uh, Amy Adams, this actress, she's the lead. Her name's Louise. And uh, she is teaching basically uh, linguistics at a college university. And uh, they come in and the military says, hey, we want to, you know, come have you help us because we're trying to figure out, you know, this language. There's a language barrier between these aliens, extraterrestrials, whatever you want to call them, I don't know. And uh, just people from Area 51, aliens, right? You know, and so my wife and I, by the way, we passed through Area 51 like a few weeks ago. It's really cool, by the way. Anyway, off the topic. And here... What took place is they said, we need you to come translate for us. We're trying to learn. And so she was a translator and had translated a lot of different languages. And so she said, all right, I I can maybe do this. But she said, I've got to be there. And they're like, no way, we're not taking you to the place. Well, eventually they took her to the place. They took her to, um, you know, the big things that you've seen. If you've seen the ad for it, you see this like ginormous thing come, you know, straight down. It's this vertical ship. Well, there's 12 of them that land across the, the world. And so everybody's freaking out. You know, the world comes together like, is it going to be, you know, destruction of humanity? Is it? I'm going to know every sci-fi movie, that's what you have, right? Like, you know, it's going to be the end. What was that before my time, the, the radio show? What, somebody shout it out. You remember what that was? War of the Worlds? Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah, you know. And everybody thought that was real at this time. And so this, this movie was so good because what I loved about it was you had no idea what was going to take place and it had some really cool mysterious endings and I don't want to give it all away, especially if you're like, man, I want to see it. I'm not going to do that for you this morning. But here's what takes place. She gets on the ship and you saw part of it in the clip is she's trying to translate their language to our language. And so she's being utilized in this way. Well, there's another scientist that comes on the board. Um, his name's Ian in the movie. And for those of you who are more superhero movie fans, where's my super, super uh, humans, metahuman, whatever you want to call them, I don't know, superheroes. All right, if you, somebody put two hands up. I saw that. Um, he's Hawkeye. Yeah, all right. Some of you are like, I don't even know what that is. It's all good, man. You'll be with you. Just stay with me. So here's Hawkeye, Ian, and then you have Louise, the main characters. One of them is a science professor. One of them is a linguistics professor. They come together. Now, that's, that's part of the movie, but then there's another part of the movie that's even like on a more in-depth level. It's like what they used to really share what the plot was really about. It had nothing to do with aliens. It, it did indirectly, but it, what it really had to do with is in the beginning of the movie, there's this scene, and you watch Amy Adams' character, Louise, and she has a kid. Now, let me just, just if we can bring the lights up a little bit out here, I want to see everybody. Um, who here has kids? Just put your hands up if you have kids. 
All right, that's like nearly all of us. Holy moly. All right, so you have kids, and like your kids are like, man, this, this is my kid. I want to take care of my kid. I want to love my kid. I, you know, we, we have kids, and so we know what it's like. If you're a parent, man, you just, you just love your kids, or, or you should, and uh, you shouldn't want to donate them. And I had the beginning of this movie just rip my heart up because you're watching this scene. I'm not giving anything away in the movie. That you'll, you'll see it if you see the movie. But her daughter ends up dying and you don't know if, if it's from cancer you don't know what it's from and you're sitting there going no and it's like your heart's ripped out and there's no dad on the scene and I'm going what is going on here and so the whole rest of the movie is kind of unpacking that and what it looks like and so man I just I just encourage you, if you like movies that have kind of cool endings this is one of them now here's where I want to go with this today and I got to be very very honest with you last week and it's my job it's my role to praise the pastor and go what would I want to what do I want to see the Holy Spirit do in your life this morning? And I had my message all ready to go last week, and I was working through it, and about Thursday night, I read through my notes, and I realized it was like, I was like, this just, this is off. This isn't what our congregation needs. This isn't what we need. And, and the notes, I was going to talk about Jesus' arrival someday, and when he comes back, and we'll touch on that. We'll get there someday. Um, I, I love talking eschatology. That's the study of the end times. But I was going, and I was looking at that, and I said, you know what? Today, who cares? Like, people are going through stuff, people are living through life, and I feel like we have so much in front of us right now that we look at in every single one of our lives that it's so hard for us to look even out that far right now where we're going, dude, I need help today with my life. So here's my prayer, is that whatever I speak today, I pray that it's the Holy Spirit speaking to you, okay? And so just allow Him to speak to you, whatever that message is that He wants to get across to you this morning. If you're with me, say, yeah. Okay, so... Some of us here this morning have been filled with regret in our past. Some of us have past failures. Is there anyone here who doesn't? <laughs> then you can go. No. All right. No. No one raised their hand. All right. We all have past failures. Every single one of us has failed at something. Every single one of us has regretted something. If you haven't, that means like you're still in the womb. You haven't been born yet, okay? Because as soon as you're born, man, it just life happens. And so we go through all of this, and, and I think what happens is we sometimes we live out of the past. We live out of our, our regrets. We live out of our failures, and we don't even believe in the God in whom we serve. We worship Him. We, we love on Him. But then we can't clearly see that God still wants to utilize us, our purpose, and that even God has a plan for us. In fact, some of you have even talked to me and you say, I have so much pain from my past or the divorce I've went through or a tragedy I've walked through that we're still stuck in that going, man, I don't know that God can utilize me the way I am right now. Because you're thinking, I got to get it all figured out. You don't have to get it all figured out, okay? You, you don't have to. We think oh man, God, God, this message is great for that person next to me, but it's not applying to me because I don't know that I still have purpose. I feel maybe I'm, I'm used up or I don't have this. And, and my desire, my goal today is that God would so speak to you that you, you are so created for this reason that's even beyond your comprehension. You don't even know yet why God is using you the way that he is. And so what happens is we end up going back to the past a lot of times and we start living in this regret. Rather than living out of the overflow, we live out of the regret. And what happens is we miss God's best for us. And so let me ask, how many of you, and you don't have to raise your hands, it's rhetorical, but how many of us want to live a life without regret? I do. I want to live a life without any kind of regret. And now, I'll be very honest, man, I wish I could go back the last 38 years of my life and 
fix a few things. I do a few things different. I, you know, I can't do that. I don't have a DeLorean and uh, I, I can't go back in time. So how do we do it? How do we live without regret? Because really that's what this whole movie is about when you look at it. So I just have a few different ways. I have six of them for you this morning. Six is not a magical number. These are things as I was praying, I believe that this should speak to you where you're at. It doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter how young you are, how wise you are. This is where God is speaking to you today. So how do we live without regret? Number one, you've heard me say this before, be a risk taker. Be a risk taker. Within this movie, Louise, who's played by Amy Adams, she says, man, I want to go to the spacecraft. She says, I want to go. Now, if you put yourself in your, her shoes and you're a linguistics professor, would you sign up for it? Would you like, bring me to your spacecraft? Would you do it? Would you, would you, I, okay, I have to tell you, if NASA ever called me, and my wife's cousin works for NASA down at Kennedy Space Center, if he ever called me and said, hey, we want to do a, a manned mission just with a normal person or whatever I am, and I'm like, I would be like, yes, let's go. Who, who would go to space with me? Like, seriously, if we could go to space, so you're the risk takers. One next to you is going, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure about this space. Though. You know, if, if I had the option to go, I'd be like, we're, let's go. I would just want to do it. I, I love that idea. I know there's risk involved, but within this movie, you see Louise take a risk, and she's the one that has first contact with aliens. Okay, just imagine in real life. Now, I'm not, we're not here to debate whether there's aliens or not, okay? I don't even care about that. What I'm here to say is that God is calling us to live without regret by first taking a risk. Amen. She has no idea what she's getting into, does she? She has no idea getting on that ship. She gets on that ship, and I don't know if you saw it in the trailer, but they're all in these tanks, and they've got these, you know, big, I don't know what they're called, spacesuits, you know, around them, futuristic looking. And then she's got the birdcage. Did you see the birdcage that they had? Why did they have a birdcage? You know why. Because what happens if that bird dies? I'm out of there, man, you know? And so the bird's not dead. The aliens aren't communicating with her. So what does she do? She takes another giant risk. And if you've seen the movie, and well, you even saw it in the trailer, what does she do? She rips off her mask, and they're all like, no, don't do it. And then they finally start communicating because they actually wanted to see her. You know what adults' most common regret is? 85% of adults in their last two years of living, the most common regret is not taking enough risks. Number one, not, oh, I should have spent more time with, with you know, family, I should have done, this. no. Number one was, I didn't take enough risks. That's number one. Now, it's easy to take risks when you know how the story ends, isn't it? If you knew how the story ends, you, you maybe would do things a little bit differently. It'd be easy to take a risk then, wouldn't it? I mean, think about it. How would you change your trajectory in your life if you knew how the story ended? What would you do differently? You would just, you know, have that like out-of-body experience for a moment. Like take yourself back, look down at you, and then, you know, your timeline, here to here, and go, what would I change? You know, if I knew exactly what took place, would I change anything? Would I change that trajectory? Well, there's a quote in this movie that I love, and the quote says this, Louise says this, it's powerful. She says, if you could see your whole life from start to finish, would you change things? If you saw it from start to finish, would you change things? And the, the movie talks about this quite a bit. And uh, there's a serenity prayer. I grew up learning over and over. Uh, my dad celebrated just recently over 30 years of sobriety. And so, yeah, amen, that's awesome. And he, uh, he taught me the serenity prayer over and over. God, grant me the serenity, accept the things I cannot change courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. 
Okay, so what can we change? Here's what it says um, in the Bible. Number two, focus on eternal things. We'll talk about the Bible in just a moment. Focus on eternal things. Number one, take a risk. Then we have to realize that we are called to focus on eternal things. Okay, now I love non-eternal things like pizza. I love non-eternal things like fishing. And sometimes, come on, how many, how many do this? Like, we're like, man, I hope heaven looks like, you know, fill in the blank, Right? My favorite pizza place, which just closed here a few weeks ago, Tier, is Savoy down in St. Paul. And they used to have a sign as you walked in, and it said, if there ain't pizza in heaven, I ain't going. That's biblical right there, isn't it? Well, next, next week, just a shameless plug here, we're going to look at what heaven actually does look like. And uh, you might say, well, no one really knows. Well, the Bible spells it out pretty clearly for us. The backstory of this movie is the daughter who passes away in the beginning of the movie and you see her holding on, you see her not able to do anything about it, and she's just in pain, she's, she's heartbroken, she's torn apart because she's going, I can't change this, and she wishes she could. She wishes she could do something about it. But what's interesting is she's not focused on necessarily the aliens and all of this, that's a part of it, but she wishes in everything inside of her that she could have this daughter, you know, everything in her. Here's what Colossians says, the Apostle Paul, put it up on the screen for you. He says in Colossians 3, verse 2, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. I don't know about you, but it's so easy for me to get caught up in the day-to-day where we realize we are eternal beings right now. We don't have to wait until we pass away to experience eternity. We can experience it right now. Number three, number three, be okay with failing. You ever felt like you failed before? You remember those scantrons in school? Some, some of you just, your blood pressure just went up a little bit. You had to use what kind of pencil on it? Number two. Do they still have to do that? Number two? Not very, okay. I'm just old. And so you, you scantron and, you know, I hated the fear of failing. I would have nightmares about it, man, when I was taking those tests on those scantrons. And if I didn't know it, I learned something. You know what you could do the whole way down on that scantron sheet? Because it was, you had, either had A, B, C, or D on mine. Abacadabba, the whole way down, man. Abacadabba. Just say, some of you got that, some of you didn't. It's all right. Be okay with failing. Failing is part of life. Louise, she's asked to translate. And part of this movie is about, you know, are they going to kill all of humankind? Is it going to take place? Is it going to happen? It's a sci-fi movie. You've got to go there. And so they go there. Well, she interprets a word from, you know, this, uh, these extraterrestrials. And the word that she interprets, she says, it's weapon, but she said it might be tool as well. You saw this in the trailer as well. Well, think about it. There's 12 of these ships all over the world, and she starts telling everybody, yeah, they're, they're using the word weapon. And she's going, oh, no, like weapon. And so you've got all these different people groups going, we got to nuke them because they have a weapon. And she's going, man, oh, my gosh. Well, what happened, you learn later, is it could have been interpreted tool. Well, how many know like tool and weapon are very, two very different things? And so she has to, she realizes she got it wrong. And then she realized what was happening. In fact, she has to go back and she starts telling all the people like, hey, you got to realize it's tool, it's not weapon. They might not be out to destroy us. We got to figure this out. We got to work together. And you see this take place. Second Timothy verse one, chapter one, verse seven. It says this. Paul writes, Paul's words, I love it. He says, for God did not give us a spirit of timidity, of cowardice, of craving, or cringing, and 
fawning fear. I wanted to put that in. That's what it means. But he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of calm and well-balanced mind and discipline and self-control. He's given that to us. Not a spirit of timidity. What happens is we get afraid of failing. We don't want to take a... We, we, you know, we think what happens. We think living without regret means I just need to stay in my box because I could do something that I'm going to regret. I could do something where I'm going to fail. You know, last week we talked about people-pleasing rather than just living who we're to be. If you struggle with people-pleasing, man, go back and listen to last week's message. I was preaching to myself. But here's what takes place is we have to realize failure is a part of life. If we don't learn to fail successfully and learn from our mistakes, then what did we learn? What did we learn? It's okay. It's okay to get it wrong. It's okay to fall flat on our face and say, Jesus, you know what, man? I messed up. You know, it's okay to say, I'm going to take a risk and I'm going to try to figure out exactly what my calling is in my life. It's okay to say, you know what? I'm going to change my family tree with whatever it used to be. It's okay to say, you know what? I'm going to try X, Y, Z, fill in the blank. I'm going I'm to start my own business. Your business might fail, bro. Don't let that keep you from starting it. You might be like, I want to I wanna start a small group, but I don't know if anyone's going to come. Shut up, just do it. You know, you might be like, man, I don't know if I can do this because I don't know if I'm skilled enough. Might as well give it a try. Why not? What's the worst that can happen? You mess it up bad, man. That's the worst that can happen. Oh, well, you just learned something maybe you weren't that good at. Move on. Do something different or learn from it. Move on. Here's the deal. If you are not okay at failing, you will not risk anything, and you will end up regretting everything. I want to say that one more time. I don't have that on the screen, but if you are not okay failing, you will never risk anything, and you will end up regretting everything. Number four. If you're with me, say yeah. Number four. Listen to your wife and learn from others. I mean, listen to and learn from others. I love in the one scene, you see Ian Hawkeye. Hawkeye and Louise, they're in the helicopter, and they're headed to the site of this, you know, spacecraft. And they get asked, well, what's the most important part of, of our job? And one of them says, well, language. And the other guy, Ian, he says, no, it's science. Well, he's a science professor. She's a linguistics professor. And the military guy says, well, that's why you're both here. You know, that's, you need both, not just one. You need both. They have to listen to each other. They have to learn from each other. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 5, it says this, Let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance. And I said this about a month ago. I said, if you are the smartest one in the room, then you're in the wrong room, because we should all be wanting to learn and listen to each other. For some, it's our spouse, man. We can learn a lot from our spouse. For others, it's a trusted friend. The Bible says the counsel of many is wise. If you want to live without regret, man, Listen to others. Learn from them. Talk to them. You've got to have people in your life to challenge you. You don't, you don't want yes men and yes women in your life. You want them to challenge you. And I can tell you, our board does a good job. Our staff does a good job with that. Our lead team here does a good job with that. What's awesome is we value people's input. Is it always the same? No. I'll give you a great example here. A few weeks back, man, we had just one of the most incredible outreaches we ever had we had a, just a great time with our block party. Would you not agree that that was just awesome? Come on. That was awesome. We had over, between 300 and 400 people, we're, our guest was about 350 people, and at this block party, here's, here's the backstory that you don't know, 
is back in June or July, I sent out an email to our lead team and I said, hey, we want to do our, our celebration service come fall. We want to do this. And I said, let's do it differently than we've done it before. And I just, sky's the limit. What ideas do you have? Because I was planning on doing it in the parking lot here and doing what we had done before. And, and uh, one person said, hey, uh, what if we, I think it was Monica who leads our creative team and, and she and the team, they do a great job. And, and they said, uh, what if we bring food trucks in? I'm like, that's awesome. That's what a great idea. Guess what we did? Brought food trucks in. Guess what happened? We, they sold out of everything they had, you know? So we blessed Tasty Pizza and everybody won. It was great, you know? Then what happened? Well, they're like, man, let's not, let's not make it about us. Why are we celebrating us? Forget us. Let's celebrate the community, what God's doing in the community. Let's bring it into town. I'm like, that sounds good. And so the whole block party, man, I, I was just like managing ideas and say, let's put these ideas together. It's more than just one person. So we've got to learn to lean into those that are speaking life into us and lean into them. There's people in your life. And sometimes those people will tell you something that you don't want to hear, but you really need to hear. Listen to them. Stay close to them. They're doing it because they love you. You know that. You need people in your life. Number five. This one's hard for me. This is, this is the reflective preaching moment today. Live the moment. Live the moment. You see, constantly in this movie, you see her having these memories of her daughter. And she's living that moment. She's reliving that moment over and over and over again before you, you, know, you learn of her, her daughter passing away. She went back to that, you know, again and again. James chapter 4, verse 14, he says this. Why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow? What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Thanks, Pastor Chris. That's so encouraging today and life-giving. And I just, wow, man, spirit of heaviness just fell off. Oh, I'm free. <laughs> Dude, that scripture sucks, man. What are you talking about? Let's speak to you for a moment. Think about this. If that's true, if our life is just a moment in time, like, boop, just a blip on the map, and we've got X amount of years just for a little while, and then we vanish, I think God wants us to live in the moment. I'm a future, I'm a dreamer, and so this one's hard for me to just live in the moment, and I have to realize that I am content. I'm content especially with, with my life. I'm just going to brag on what God has done right now. And I look at my wife who's here. I have five kids. You know, they're, they're all healthy today. And they're doing well. You know, they're, they're doing well in school. Some of them are leaders in school. Some of them love ministry. Um, you know, I, I look at it and I go, man, I don't, I don't deserve the, the house which we got to build seven years ago. I look at all this and, you know, I, I drive... A 98 Camry, which I love, you know, and like, it's got 230-some thousand miles on it. It's never had a problem. I'm probably going to have another 230,000 miles on it. I'm okay with that. And I just feel like God has so blessed us. And I look, at, I look at our kids. Now, that's not to say that, you know, we walked through a miscarriage together. We walked through some tough times together. We, you know, when we started the church, we didn't, uh, we didn't rely on finances anyplace else. We said, we got to get a job. So I started delivering pizzas for Domino's. Wanted to do anything it could to, to make it work. But yet God took us through all those moments, and I remember each and every one of those moments learning to be content in. Not, well, can't wait for the next moment. And if you ask my wife, that's how I operate. I, I want to know what's next. Who can we reach next? What, what other outreach can we do? You know, as soon as the black party was done, you know what I was talking about with our team? All right, let's start talking about our Christmas outreach. What do we do? You know, like, that's just me. I'm driven, but I have to stop and realize, you know, what is it? Stop and smell the roses every now and then? 
For some of you, it's coffee. Yeah, all right. But you love coffee, I know. Have you heard someone say, though, we've all heard this, most of us are parents within this room. We have heard people say, man, just enjoy your kids right now because you don't know how quick that time goes. We've all, probably most of us have heard that before. And I have to tell you, it's so true. You know, I want to pick on my daughter for a little bit. I have a daughter who's 15. She's my oldest. She turns 16 in January and will be driving. You know, just a couple weeks ago, we were at the, the high school for the, the college uh, night where they had all the colleges out, and we were looking at them, and, you know, she's planning to go to college her junior year and her high school year and her senior year of high school. And, and I just was like thinking back to those times and those moments where she was six months old and uh, we were in the middle of, we built a house back in 2003 behind County Market and we were living with my in-laws. Thank you again, mom and dad, for putting up with us over and over. And uh, while we were living with them, I remember my daughter, um, she, she did not like to go to bed and she woke up early. And, and I remember she'd wake up really early in the morning and here I am, dad, and I'd wake up and and I'd go get her, and she was six months, you know, old, or between six months and two years. And, and what I loved to do, it'd be you know, really early, and I would take her in my lap, and I would sit down on this rocking chair, and, and thank God for my in-laws, they let me put in this, this tape, and, and I'll never forget the tape. I think it was a video cassette still back then. And it was Salty the Singing Songbook. Now, if you've never seen Salty, you ain't missing out. But... If you grew up in a Christian home, you probably saw Salty and Donut Man and, you know, all these very cheesy things. And I remember putting it on, and I remember just sitting with her on my lap. And, you know, I, I I'll never have that again with her. And, and I have to realize, I have to live in that moment. I have to realize, you know, how special that moment was. And I can't have that moment back, and I wouldn't do it differently but I realized that how important it is to live in each and every moment. And here she is today. Last week we were talking and she's getting a little older and so there's, there's other gen, the other gender, the male gender that, you know, we're getting to that place. I'm not ready for that, to be very honest with you. It scares me to death. And she came up to me last week and she just said, hey, I want to tell you about our lunch table at, at school. And I said, well, what about your lunch table? She said, uh, there's some kids from our church and, and some kids from uh, Living Hope, uh, E-Free Church in town. And they said they get together and they have different ways that they do Bible study or pray for each other at their table every, every day. And I'm like, that's so cool. Like, she's just such a strong leader. I'm so blessed and, and honored to be her father, but I have to learn to live in that moment, you know? Now, there is that part of me that can't wait till she's at college, you know, and I, we get to be like, you know, free birds at home, but not quite yet. See, if you are so focused on the goal, we never enjoy the here and now. You gotta live in the moment. Don't wait to enjoy eternal life and godly living. Don't, don't wait, okay? Do it today. What if today was it, man? What, what, what if, you know? You see, one day we will all stand before God and God will say to us, why should I let you into my heaven? And any other answer than because of Jesus Christ is wrong. You have to have that answer. That's the only way we receive eternal life. It's that simple. Don't wait until you're on your deathbed. Don't wait. Don't wait. Okay? Let God arrive in you today. Let him do that. Last one here is number six. Number six. 
We'll say it together. Here we go. Number six. Own your junk. Say own your crap, whatever you want to say. I don't care. Say crap in church. Sorry, I said crap in church. I'll be careful not to say crap again. Um, own your junk. Anybody you got junk? I'm not talking junk in the trunk. I'm talking junk, okay? Anybody got junk? Yeah, okay, own it. Own it, Matt. You, we all got junk. Own your junk, okay? In the movie, I love this scene. There, there's a scene where, you know, she realizes she interpreted the wrong word and got it, you know, weapon rather than tool. And there's this scene where the Chinese are getting ready to blow the earth, the kingdom come, and they're going to kill people. And all this is going to happen because they got the wrong. And so she's trying to figure out how to get to the Chinese guy, the military guy, and figure it out. And finally, she, I don't know, somehow it's, it's sci-fi and it's fake. It's fiction. So she gets his number somehow, calls him and says, hey, it's actually not weapon, it's tool. And the Chinese guy, granted it's a fictional movie, but you know what he does? He owned his junk. He's like, I got it wrong. And he stops and they have this whole scene. It's a part of the movie where you see him, and I won't tell you what happens, but he starts owning his junk, realizing he's got it wrong. And he owned it. We got to own our relationship with God. We've got to own our stuff. Let, let me show you a great example. Now, I didn't grow up in the church, and one of, the, one of my biggest pet peeves is when a pastor says, well, everybody knows this story. Oh, not everybody knows the story, so I'm not going to assume you do. But there's a story in the Old Testament, beginning of the Bible, in Genesis, where it talks about these two people, the first two people on earth. Their names were Adam and Adam and Eve. And if you want to follow an example of a beautiful, perfect, godly relationship and marriage, don't follow theirs. All right, so let me show you what it says here. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 11 through 13. This, there's so much humor in the Bible. I hope you see this. I hope you get so, so craving the word of God. Here's what it says. And this is God's words. Check this out. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Now that's an awkward moment. Come on, think about it. This is the Bible. It's supposed to be funny. Here they are. They're going, whoa, wait a second. All of a sudden our eyes are open. I'm like, what, 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 huh? Like, what do you do with that? All right. Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? Now, here comes the humorous part. Verse 12. The man said, the woman you put me here with, she gave me some fruit from the tree. It was her fault. It was her fault. It was her fault. It was her fault. Come on, how many notes? I was our spouse's fault, right? And so, no, it's not. He doesn't own his junk, man. He doesn't do it. And she's like, it, it was her. It was her. And then you get in, and it actually looks like God agrees with the man for a moment. Because then he says, and the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you've done? What? Wait a second. What happened? And then it goes on and it says, well, actually, actually it was the serpent. It was, it was the serpent made me do it. How many of us have ever said, well, the devil made me do it? He didn't make you do it. We just want to blame. We don't own our junk. You see, when we own our junk, what happens is you're letting God control your life rather than your circumstances. And so if we live without regret, we've got to own it. Own it. Well, man, no no one ever told me to give my life to Christ. I'm telling you to give your life to Christ. Well, man, nobody ever said I could fail and fall flat on my face. I'm saying you can fail and fall flat on your face. Well, nobody ever told me to take a risk on life. I'm telling you you can take a risk on life. Nobody ever told me to live without regret. You're called to live without regret. Every single person in here has a purpose. I said it a couple weeks ago. You're not one in a million. You are one of a kind. God has created you with a specific reason to live out and a desire that he has for you, for the people around you, in your circle of influence that I will never have and the person next to you will never have. God is here to call you to life. Will you let him today? Let's conclude. Man, I got all like Southern Baptist again on you. I'm sorry. Don't apologize. That was last week's sermon. I don't want to give anything away with this movie, okay? 
But I love movies that have whoa kind of endings. Now, Seth Weber, are you in here? Seth is right here. This is like one of Seth's favorite movies, okay? Seth was talking about this movie. He talked it up so much that I went and saw it. It's not as good as Seth thinks it is, but it's good. It's good. Wait a second. It's a little slow for my liking, but Seth is a super intellectual thinker. He, he likes these kind of plots, and, and I do too. But I love the endings. I love a good ending. I love happily ever after endings, man. The movie I'm doing next week, I'm not going to tell you, but it's not a happily ever after movie at the end, and uh, you'll, you'll see what it's about. We're talking about heaven next week. But I love those, those movies. Some, some of my favorite, whoa, endings. Back in the day, don't judge me, okay? I'm not recommending these movies, but Fight Club... Okay, I'm not recommending these, but Fight Club is one of these movies where in the end you're like, no way! Or have you ever seen Michael Douglas, The Game? Have you ever seen The Game? That's a great one. At the end where you, you, you realize, whoa, what happened? Uh, my favorite two, though, are Deja Vu with Denzel Washington. That is a phenomenal... If you like time travel and loops and all that crazy stuff, you'd love that movie. But my favorite, don't judge me, okay? Don't judge me. This is my all-time favorite woe-ending movie, all right? It's so cliche, it's not even funny. The Sixth Sense, man, with Bruce Willis, okay? Like, that movie is so great at the end, and you know, I see dead people. Like, whoa, are you kidding me? This one is mind-blowing. At the end, you're like, no way, are you kidding me? No offense, Seth, but I wish they would have just taken the movie and just had the last 15 minutes of it, because it took a long time to get there. That's my opinion, not yours. Seth will disagree with me greatly on that. There are days that define your story beyond life. It's a quote that she says in the movie. I love it. There are days that define your story beyond your life. If you don't know Jesus, today is that day to know him. This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.